I don't, I don't go to, I've never been to a live show. I hear it gets a little, I don't think I'd enjoy that as much, but on Facebook it's pretty tame. And um, <clears throat> he had this skit online last week that talked about Christmas showing up and how we had this common phrase like uh, Christmas just snuck up on me this year, right? And he's like, that's ridiculous. It never, you know, there's that saying that I've, I've said in the past that uh, when you see signs of Christmas, you know that Halloween is right around the corner, right? I mean, it doesn't sneak up on us at all, you know, and that was his thing where he just kind of went on and on about all these things like you can't escape it in our culture. It's huge. It's made to be very, very big, right? And you have that song. It's beginning to look a lot. It's not looking a little. It's looking a lot like Christmas. Um, <clears throat> however, I think that I don't know if I agree with him uh, on that. I think that Christmas uh, can sneak up on us. Um, I think that what we see in the Bible is that these big things that God um, is doing can be easily missed. And some of our movies that are our favorites capture this, right? So a lot of movies... Christmas movies that are classics are about trying to adopt the spirit of Christmas. So movies like The Cranks, right? They just want to get out of Dodge. They don't want to decorate their house. And it's really about them overcoming themselves. The obstacle is, is their attitude. And finally, they, you know, accept the spirit of Christmas and they, you know, everyone's, The Grinch is classic. Um, <clears throat> what's another one? Jingle All the Way, Schwarzenegger, right? Busy Dad. Doesn't have time, didn't leave time to find the toy. It's all about him overcoming himself, adopting that spirit of Christmas. But other ones are really about recognizing um, Christmas, recognizing the spirit of Christmas, believing in Christmas. Polar Express, kids at that age where he's like, I'm not so sure. And it's about adopting that spirit of Christmas and discovering it. Miracle on 38th Street is, is the same. 34. 30, oh, I always get it wrong. Lisa knows. I'm always like, it's a 54th street. I don't know. You know, I guess the miracle only happened on that street, I guess. But uh, It's a Wonderful Life, you know, is a, is a great one. That, um, that spirit is there, you know, all year round. The guy lives in it, but he just doesn't, he can't see beyond the small town and, and this, these big dreams that he has. And then uh, when he needs it, he realizes it's right there. And this recognizing Christmas and the spirit of Christmas and the presence of Christmas and God in Christmas. Um, and it's interesting because the, those second kind of movies, um, in the first kind where you have to adopt it and kind of get over yourself, it's a very clear sort of, you know, once, they, once the pain gets big enough and they just kind of give up and accept their own failures, they can move on. But in the other kinds, it's, it's like faith is sort of on this razor's edge, and it can go either way. And it's, it's sort of like the implications are huge, and it can be very easily missed. Um, so if we're unable to recognize the small connections with God uh, during Advent and Christmas, uh, then we're going to miss out on something big. If we're unable to recognize the small things, we're going to miss out on something big. And actually, we've been seeing that in, um, in the scriptures as we've been going through them. Uh, I think of, there's two passages from the Old Testament that we've seen over and over and over again in these passages during Advent. One is the voice in the wilderness, and the other is those who sit in darkness have seen a great light. 
And in both cases, you know, the voice in the wilderness, we talked about this. It's not out in the city. It's not on the bullhorn. It's not in the hustle bustle. It's not in uh, the big festivities. It's a voice that's way out there. It's in the distance. It's one voice out in the wilderness. Easy to miss. Um, those who sit in darkness, who can't see, you know, there's shine a great light. You know, that's, it's not where all the light and activity is happening. Um, it's a place that can be easily missed. And today we have another story that talks about how Christmas could sneak up on us and we could miss it. Uh, so if we're unable to recognize the small connections with God during Advent and Christmas, we're going to miss out on something big. And we have that this morning. We, are, we have this story of Mary and Elizabeth. And in our reading uh, today from the Gospel of Luke, this is it. There's not much here. This, it's a very short interaction between these two women. And it starts uh, for us at Luke 1, uh, verse 39. It says, a few days later. Now, a few days later is after she was told that she would give birth. <clears throat> so this is very early on in her pregnancy. Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town uh, where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. So Mary gets this news that she's uh, going to be pregnant and give birth to a Savior, and her um, relative, uh, Elizabeth, who is much older, um, has also gotten news uh, we reminded that story where Zechariah is told as he, he's a priest and he doesn't live in Jerusalem and they would have sort of a, a cycle where they would go to Jerusalem and they would serve in the temple. And he, while he's there, he has this vision of the angel, tells him he's going to have a son. He says, I don't believe you. And then he goes, he can't speak, you know, for the nine months. Um, that's the backstory. And it's Elizabeth and they're, they're, they're older and they don't think they can have children at this point in their lives. And that's a part of the miracle that they're experiencing as well. Um, <clears throat> so that's the backstory. And it says, I love this, that she's filled with the spirit. And that's a baby kick right there. That's what that was. I don't think it jumped. I, you know, it's probably they're just describing it. Baby kicks, right? When Mary comes to the door. Uh, then you've never been pregnant. Okay, right. <laughs> I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I've never heard of that. I've never experienced it, and I've never heard of that happening. Um, but the baby kicks. So, we move on. It says, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed, Mary... God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? And when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Now, what's interesting, so this is the first two scenes in this um, short story. And what strikes me in this is that it is so small. There are so many very, very, very small things going on. Starting with the story itself is surrounded by big, huge stories. The, before, we have the Annunciation to Zechariah 
who's this, uh, he's serving the temple. That's big. Uh, he gets visited by an angel. That's big. He doesn't really agree with them. He gets, you know, into a disagreement with an angel. Sure, whatever. You know, that's big. He loses his speech. That's big. You know, Mary gets visited by an angel. That's big. The whole thing is the announcement of the coming Savior. These stories that are amazing, and they're big stories. And then what follows are the birth narratives for John and Jesus. Those are big stories, right? The shepherds and the angels, the choir of angels, and the travel to Jerusalem and all, or uh, Bethlehem and all this sort of thing. Can't find any room. These are big, big stories. And so even the story itself, if we just brush right through it, we're not going to see much there. There's not much going on. What we have here are two people that in that world have very, very little status at all. Um, and yet when we were reading that uh, call to worship, I was reminded that at the resurrection, it's women who are the first to know as well. And we have two women that uh, there's, there's no terms of status around them except that they're pregnant. We don't even know where this is. It's the town that Zachariah lives in. The hill country of, this is like Dresden, right? Uh, what did I drive through the other day and thought, I never knew this was here. Uh, West Gardner. I didn't know there was a West Gardner. So uh, that's where it is, right? It's in the hill country of Judea. Like, we don't even know what this town is. And Bethlehem, which gets named, is a town of a whopping 600 people at that time. All right, so this is, this is small. <clears throat> a small town, a small uh, passage, <clears throat> a baby's kick, the dialogue between them. There's not much there. And you have, and then you have this little term of the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that Elizabeth knew that. I love that the narrator knew that. And I think typically when we hear people talk about the Holy Spirit working, we want it to feel big. And here it's something that's so small. It's just mentioned, oh, this happened. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she said, and, and then when she talks to Mary, she makes herself small. That the mother of my Lord is here. How does it put... God blessed are you above all women. And you're, you, know, you are blessed above all women in this town that we've never heard of. It's not even named in this short dialogue. It's tucked in between two big stories. <clears throat> Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because... You believed. You're blessed because you believed. Because you, it's like those Christmas stories where she locked in to what was going on. All right, I believe this. So th there's this element of recognizing God's work. And everything around this is so small. It takes work to see it, right? It's in a small town. Two people we don't even know about that much outside of their pregnancies. Elizabeth is mentioned in relation to her husband. It's just everything small about it, this idea of being able to see what's going on, right? 
One of the things we do is a thankful list, and where do we see God at work in the past week? We do this over our dinner table. And it's great because it makes you stop and think, oh, my goodness, what, where do they see it? you got to stop and think because life gets so big, and especially Christmas, at least the kind of Christmas we experience uh, in our culture, it gets so big and so big and so big that we can miss it. It can sneak up on us and get right by us. And when we get to Advent, we want to rush into Christmas, and once we pass Christmas, we want to rush out of it. Right? 12 days. It's just 12 days. Hang on to Christmas for a little while. Celebrate. <clears throat> so I, I, I was thinking about this idea of recognizing. And I, I looked it up. I looked up the definition. It was interesting that there are two kind of basic ways that you could define this. One is uh, remembering something or, or, or like, uh, how would you put it? Uh, <clears throat> I recognized Will after he took the costume off, right? This idea of, oh, now I remember, and I see, and I recognize him. The other idea of recognition is this idea that um, you're affirming something. So we recognize that, uh, that main law applies in this case. It's not federal law. We, rec- we affirm that. So that's recognized as well. And I feel like, we see that happening here, um, that there's a recognition of God at work in the kick of the baby, in the visit of Mary, in this small town where we only see these two women talking in this short dialogue. We recognize there's something going on here that now I see what it is. Now I see what it is. But then as this moves on and we see the song that Mary composes, there's also this affirmation that here's, here's what that means. And there's this moving forward into the action that goes with it. I, I had a uh, lunch the other day with uh, a couple friends who are also ministers. And um, it's been, a, it's been a, the last 18 months has been a bit of a crazy year um, for church. Uh, we've, we've gone through a lot here. Um, we've gone through a lot at home. And we've talked about that a little bit just um, I think the pandemic affected all of us. And I went into this lunch thinking, I, I just got to open up and, and share some thoughts. And I got an idea. I said, I, I got this thought. So we're all talking and um, really enjoying each other's company and, and sharing what's been going on in our lives, the ups and the downs. And um, so I'm sharing and I'm just kind of talking out loud about some things. And I thought, I got I to gotta share this idea. And then before I get there, someone else in the group says, hey, you know what? I got a thought. And lays out almost nearly exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> you stole your script, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stole the thunder. I was like, she thought this was my great idea. But no, it's there already. But it was, it was awesome because it was an affirmation that there's something small going on here in this conversation between three people at, you know, one of many restaurants where there's something, and we've all experienced that, where we think something is going on and that there's, uh, there's, an, you know, there's an opportunity, there's, there's an invitation to recognize that God is at work. And uh, the person I was talking to says, we should all pray about this. And I was like, yeah, you're right, we should pray about it. And that's that next part. It's like, now we affirm that God is at work. Let's move forward and see where does this take us. Let's recognize that the Holy Spirit's at work in this small way that could be easily just passed on by and keep going. Yeah. And Christmas, you know, is like that. And these passages are like that. 
Um, in fact, a few weeks ago, we talked about when we entered into Advent, we recognized that seven people with very high status and power in that world were mentioned at the very beginning of John's ministry, which announced Jesus' ministry. So there's so much going on, and it's easy to miss. It can sneak up on us and get right by us. Mary moves on. So I guess before we move on, when was the last time that happened to you? When has that happened to you? What do you do with that? Where do you take that? Right? For unable to recognize the small connections with God during Advent and Christmas, we're going to miss out on something big. Mary doesn't miss out. She moves right on and she composes this song. Um, although, I think there might have been some free form here because there's, uh, it, it bears a lot of resemblances to the song of Hannah in, uh, in the Hebrew Bible. And she writes this and says, Oh, my, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones, He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And here we have that, that recognition there's this recognition that God's at work. Oh, now I, now I can see it. And now there's this recognition, this affirmation that God is at work. And what's interesting is it's past tense. Like this is the beginning of our gospel. This is the beginning of the life of Jesus. And this is how he announces that his ministry will go. The blind will see. Those falsely accused will be liberated in Luke chapter 4. But she speaks of it as past tense. This has happened. And so it's interesting because you read this, it's in the past tense, and you don't really think about it being in the past tense. You think about this as she's announcing what's going to happen. Hasn't happened yet, but that's how it works. We look back to what God has done. And we know that God is faithful and God will do that again. And what she sees here, the vision here, is huge. It's not small. They have recognized something very small that has happened, but it's huge. And they don't let it get by them without recognizing that God has done great things. And the idea that God will do great things, that God is faithful and will continue to do wonderful and great things. Uh, So what do we do with this? This is one of those, I talked about this last week, at North Harbor, we like to enter into the mystery and say, where do you think God, this is what we do, we're saying, hey, where are those little things that God is doing, can you open your eyes and ears to seeing what happens? Last week, we had something plain, you know, John said, go be generous, you know, share what you have, very, we could land the plane, John landed the plane for us, I can't land this plane for you, because there's no instruction here. What we have is a story. And when we have a story like this, it's an invitation to enter into that story. 
It's an invitation to think about what they're going through. It's an invitation to think about how they're pondering God and what does that mean for me. I cannot land that plane for you. How have we seen God at work this year? What are the things that we might have missed along the way, the conversations, the coincidences that have happened in the last four weeks? Have we missed anything? Can we go back? Who do we need to talk to? Who are those closest to us that know us, that can speak, that can be that Holy Spirit and speak into this time in your life? Right? I know you want me to tell you what to do. I can't do it. <laughs> you can't. Don't rush out of Christmas. And we're, we're even going early. We're going a few hours early on Friday night on Christmas. All right? We're going to go before midnight. We're not having a midnight mass. We're having a 6 o'clock gathering, I guess. A, but uh, it is a celebration. And it's going to be our Christmas. It's a few hours early, but we're going to do it. But in the last week, in these last few days, don't rush through it. Stop and think and listen and look for those small kicks. <laughs> And try to recognize. Okay, look for the tumbles. All of that. And see where God may be leading you. Okay. One of the things that Jesus does is he takes something that seems small and very regular and common, like a meal. A meal. The Last Supper. It says, This is just. A meal, but it's not just a meal. It's something that has great importance to it. Don't miss it. Don't rush through it. He breaks the bread and says, this is my body. He pours out the wine and says, this is my blood. We have a reading. We have a reading from Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 5. It says, that is why when Christ came into the world... He said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in scriptures. For Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or the other offerings for sin nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Once for all time. So we're going to take communion. And we've been doing this every week. And so far that's the plan to continue that. And when that happens, it's easy to miss. It's easy to let it slide right by us. Jesus gives himself for us. The princes are brought low, and those who are poor have nothing are raised up. Mary looks forward to this kingdom that is going to come, where there's going to be this reversal. And and what's, for much of the world, it's going to sneak up. And it's going to slip on by. And we don't want that to be the tr- true for us. So we come and we take the, the bread and the juice. 
We remember Christ's sacrifice for us. Uh, John will be out front with the... John will be... Out back by the front doors. And, uh, <laughs> and I believe he has, uh, we have the gluten-free version up here, up front. So while the band comes up to play and we continue our singing, let's take communion together. And let's uh, ask God to open up our hearts and minds to those small ways in which uh, the Spirit has been leading us. So I'll, I'll pray. God, we thank you for all that you give us. Um, and I believe, God, that we miss much of it. Um, <clears throat> help us to be attentive. Help us to be open. Help us to slow down. Help us to see uh, the beauty around us, your work around us. Uh, help us now to remember how much this costs Jesus and the model he gives for us in our lives as we give it to one another and give it to the world. May Christ live in us, we pray in his name. Amen. Amen.